Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Exodus. Our text for this morning is found in the book of Exodus in chapters 11 through 13. This is the the Passover narrative. And so we're going to talk today about redemption. About how God purchased Israel's freedom. For that is what redemption means. To pay the redemption price so that the slave might go free. Israel is saved from the wrath of God, from the judgments of God, because God provided for their redemption. He paid the price for their freedom, and they trusted in the redemption that God provided. And it is this glorious good news that God has purchased our redemption, that he has bought our freedom through the blood of Christ. It is this good news that forms the foundation for our faith. The Passover was a constant year after year reminder that there is only one way to be redeemed. And that is the means that God provides. A reminder that the only way to be redeemed from sin was through the blood of the Lamb. The perfect substitute. Slain so that we might live. Now this good news begins in Exodus chapter 11 with an announcement. An announcement of the coming Redemption and and also of a coming judgment. Let's begin reading Exodus 11 and just verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Yet one more plague, and I will bring upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. And afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will drive you away completely. So God has said there will be one more plague. Up until now, they've been waiting plague after plague as God pours out his judgment and shows his power and authority. And now God says, one more and Pharaoh will release you. And he's going to Let you go completely. This is the announcement they've been waiting for. The hope that they've been looking forward to. The freedom they've been longing for. How will God bring this about? Let's continue reading and continue in verses 4 and 5. So Moses said, Thus says the Lord, about midnight, I will go out in the midst of Egypt and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits 
on his throne even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill and all the firstborn of the cattle. Death was coming. Death for every firstborn from, from the firstborn of Pharaoh to the firstborn of the slaves and even to the cattle. Egypt paid the price for their rebellion against God, for their refusal to acknowledge his power and authority over all the gods that they served. They paid that price. They suffered the judgment of God and it was terrible. But Israel was set free. For God declares that he will make a distinction between Israel and Egypt. As we continue reading, let's read verses 6 through 8. Exodus 11, 6 through 8. There shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there has never been, nor ever will be again. But not even a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, either man or beast, so that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me, and they will bow down to me and say, Get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. God declares Israel's firstborn will die. But God also promises to make a distinction. Egypt he will judge, but Israel he will save. Egypt pays the price for their idolatry, for their worship of other gods. But God provides a way for Israel to be redeemed. I want to talk for a moment about why redemption is necessary. Because it's not immediately clear in Exodus 11 why, why doesn't God do what he did before? Why doesn't he just take them out of, of Egypt? Just like that, he could do it. Why not protect Israel the same way that he had during all those other plagues, during the plague of the flies, the plague of the animal diseases where Israel's cattle were protected and the hail that covered Egypt but did not cover the land of Goshen where Israel lived? What is different here? Why the Passover? Well, the simple answer is that Israel, too, was guilty. It doesn't take long as you read the long history of Israel in the Bible for Israel's sins to come to the forefront. Israel's sins clear in the sins of the forefathers to the people in Egypt. It's clear as, as even out of Egypt, they continue to rebel against God time after time after time. Let me just read one example. 
From the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verse 14. In the book of Joshua, the people have entered the land and they have conquered most of the land at this point. God has fought the battle for them, bringing them to the land he promised. And Joshua now declares at the end of his life, he gives them a charge, a challenge, his last words. And among his last words, he says, in Joshua 24, 14, he says, Put away the gods that your fathers served. The gods that your fathers served beyond the river that is back in the land from whence they came, the land from where, where uh, um, Aaron or Aaron, Abraham came. Put away the gods your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Joshua calls the people out for continuing to worship idols that they once worshipped in the land of Egypt. See, Israel was a sinful people, as well as a people who suffered greatly under the hand of Pharaoh. And God was not merely going to deliver them from their suffering at the hand of Pharaoh. Out from under, he's also going to deliver them out from under these other gods. Not only from the oppression that they faced, but also from their lust for the gods of Egypt. He's going to deliver them from the power of the gods of Egypt, as again and again he has displayed, he has power over all things. Israel needed redemption not only from the world, but also from their love for the world. And I hope that you understand not only why, why Israel needed to be redeemed, but why we also are in need of redemption. That as scripture teaches us, all have sinned, we fall short of the perfections of God. We do not love him as we ought. Indeed, we have chosen, scripture says, to go our own way, each his own way. And that our sin separates us from God. That death and the wrath of God is the wages of our sin. His just judgment is the wages of our sin. I hope that we understand why we need redemption. Because it forms the background for understanding how important it is to know the way in which we might be saved. To understand the importance of how God is about to save an unworthy and an unholy people. This is the grace of God at work in the Passover story. So we'll look at how God is able to redeem a sinful people. And we see this in the provision 
of redemption. Chapter 12 and verses 1 to 13, God gives Moses the provision of redemption. These commands, a set of detailed instructions about what they were to do so that that, uh, they would be prepared for the redemption that he would bring. And this is what God says about the provision of redemption. If we're going to boil it down simply, first of all, we see the death of a spotless lamb. This is God's provision of redemption. A perfect substitute whose blood was shed in our place so that the price was paid. And secondly, we see the blood on the doorposts and and other important instructions that they're to stay inside, that they were to eat the prescribed meal and that they were to eat it with readiness, ready for what God was going to do. And in these commands, we see the emphasis on faith, faith in the means that God provided for redemption, not taking redemption our own way, but but finding it in what God provided. Trusting in what God provided. So we see God's provision of redemption in in the death of the spotless lamb. And we see the people's faith in what God provided. First, we shall see that redemption was provided through the death of the Lamb. I'm going to read just a few verses from Exodus chapter 12, uh, verses 5 to 8. Verse 5. Your Lamb shall be without blemish. A male, a year old, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the, the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. So God provided a means for redemption. And there's only one. A male lamb without blemish. That is the the best, the purest lamb in the flock. And that lamb was to be slaughtered. And then partaken of by the people. So that the people could go free. Don't miss this in the passage. There's a lot going on there. Without the death of the Lamb, there is no Passover. Without the the death of the Lamb, there is no deliverance. 
the only way for Israel to escape the wrath of God poured out upon their firstborn sons was for a perfect substitute to pay the price for their redemption from sin and from that death that they deserve. Sometimes I think, just a side note, we emphasize that, you know, the, the firstborn sons, and they were the heirs of the family. So this was a significant thing. God is, in reality, showing judgment upon the whole people by, by uh, singling out their firstborn sons. But we're also told earlier in the book of Exodus in chapter 4, verse 22, God calls Israel his firstborn son. He says Israel is his firstborn son, and, that, and in that passage he proclaims that it will be through the, the death of Pharaoh, it will take the death of Pharaoh's firstborn for God, for him to finally let God take out his firstborn, the people of Israel. And so God is providing redemption for the whole people. The only way for them to be delivered was through the death of the Lamb. Now we know that the blood of an animal can't possibly wipe away the guilt of human sin. If only it was that simple. I'd buy a flock of sheep and I'd be covered. But the author of Hebrews teaches us otherwise. And, and the whole history of Israel teaches us otherwise because they sacrificed animals year after year after year. But there was still sin. There was no forgiveness in the old covenant. The author of Hebrews tells us in chapter 10, verses 1 to 4. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Here is what the author of Hebrews is saying. It wasn't that a bunch of dead lambs redeemed Israel. Either at the Passover or throughout all of Israel's history. Those sacrifices were made over and over again, and they were a reminder of sins every year, verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 10. No, it wasn't that a bunch of dead lambs redeemed Israel. It was that in the death of the Passover lambs, they point forward to the redemption that God will provide in Jesus Christ. 
Throughout the New Testament, we are told that redemption, the forgiveness of sins. There it is. That's what redemption means for you and I. It means our, for, our sins are forgiven. The debt for, that we owed for our sins was paid. Two verses that tell us this are Ephesians 1 verse 7, Colossians 1 14. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in his blood. That is, his blood was the redemption price for our sins. It was the cost. He paid the price, the death that we deserved. He paid that price for our sins with his own blood. Now, the same author of Hebrews who said the blood of goats and bulls cannot take away sins says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, He, Christ, the Messiah, entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. In no uncertain terms, the New Testament teaches us that the Messiah was the one who would redeem his people once for all. He would do this. There would be no more Passover lambs for as John the Baptist proclaimed, the Lamb of God, behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. What couldn't take away the, the sins of the world? The blood of bulls and goats. But they point us to something. The sacrificial system in the Old Testament reminds us of the need for redemption. That is provided through Jesus Christ. One final scripture, the Apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 19. You were ransomed. The same concept as redeemed. A price is paid. You were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold as though we could buy our own deliverance. But how are we redeemed? Ransom. With the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. That's how God has provided redemption for us. Praise God for that. His amazing love that he would give the most precious of all gifts, his own son, who was perfect in every way. So that through the blood of his son, sinners could be redeemed. That's good news. Redemption is offered to us through Jesus Christ. And it came at a cost. 
the Passover lamb must die. There's no way around that. Either either in Exodus, God wasn't going to deliver them if, if the lamb didn't die. So it is in our lives. The only way to be redeemed is through the death of Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb. There's no other gospel than that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins to redeem us, to pay the debt that we owed to God and to cleanse us from all our sins and to to deliver us from evil. But the Passover is not only about the death of the Lamb. God also commanded that the blood of the Lamb be put on the doorposts. Chapter 12, verse 7. And he says in verse 13, When I see the blood, I will pass over. God does not say, when I see your kind faces, I'll pass over you. You look like a nice person. You look sincere enough. When I see your religious deeds, I'm going to pass over. If you pay me enough. No, our redemption is not because of us. God says, I will pass over when I see the blood. It was that lamb. It was Jesus Christ that paid that cost. So redemption is free. And by smearing the blood on the door, and by partaking of the lamb and and eating of the meal that God prescribed and waiting in readiness for what God was about to do, the people were placing their hope in the substitute that God provided for them to live. They were placing their hope and their faith and their trust in God. And, and the salvation, the substitute he had provided, that they might be saved. Indeed, we're told that there would be no safety that night except behind those blood-stained doors. Exodus chapter 2, verse 22 says, None of you shall go out of the door of his house, until the morning. Their only hope was to trust in the Lord. Their only hope was to trust in the lamb that he provided for them, in that way that he provided for them to be saved. And just as Israel's only hope was in the provision God made for them, our only hope is to trust completely in the death of Christ For our sins. There's no other way that God will pass over our sinful ways. 
Christ's blood does nothing for you if you have no faith in him. We can't have one foot in behind the door. I'm, I'm partially here, Jesus, and, and partially I'm going to try and pay my own way. That's not how it works. That's not how we enter into the kingdom of God. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if the blood of Christ is on your door, you trust in him and him alone, then you are safe in him. But the only way to be redeemed is through faith in Christ. The perfect Passover lamb. Now the Exodus account of redemption, it goes on and describes how God institutes a memorial for redemption. And then God brings Israel out of Egypt just as he had promised. We see the memorial for redemption in chapter 12, verses 14 and following. Particularly 14 to 22. God's people were to celebrate Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That's another name for the Passover feast. They were to do this to remember what he had done. God's instruction, just to simplify it, kind of goes like this. He says to celebrate seven days and they were to eat no leaven on those seven days. And he talks about two special days, the first and the seventh, that they were to especially remember the Lord on those days. And then he repeats again to remind us there, there, there's these two special days and they were to celebrate seven days with no leaven. And we see in the middle. In chapter 12, verse 17. The reason why. They were to celebrate being brought out of Egypt. They were to celebrate their deliverance. Year after year after year. God called his people to remember. To remember the deliverance that he provided to remember that he was going to redeem his people through the death of the Lamb. That the only way to be saved was to put their hope in him. The remainder of chapter 12, we see how God redeems his people. He sends a final judgment. Israel, or Israel rather, Egypt, experiences grief and fear and hopelessness that they beg Moses and the people of Israel to leave. Take whatever you want. But Israel was a people under blessing. They were redeemed 
by God. And so we read in verses 34 to 42 about how they went out from Egypt, loaded down with gold and with silver and with clothing. And we see this key phrase in chapter 12, verse 36. The Lord had given favor in the sight of the Egyptians. The Lord gave the people favor, grace in the eyes of the Egyptians. Israel's redemption is a story of God's grace. And so as God brings them out and he brings them out with great provisions for the journey ahead, all that they needed for their trip through the wilderness. We are also told again. We're reminded again. Of God's redemption. And his grace. And an all through. Um, chapter 12 verses. 43 to 49. And then and then into chapter 13 we have these reminders of grace given in the law of the firstborn and the law of the Passover. These reminders that Israel's redemption came by faith in the substitute that he provided. Reminders that someone must bear the cost. Ultimately, the shadows of the Passover celebration are reminders that the only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He is that perfect, spotless Lamb who bore our sins to pay the price for our, for our sin. And we too are called to faith in Jesus and to remember his grace. Jesus himself, on the eve of the Passover, instituted a remembrance of his sacrifice that we might never forget. There is only one way to be saved, by faith in his death on a cross, that we might rejoice in that and give thanks to our God as we walk with him through this life till one day he returns and we celebrate with him in glory. We never graduate beyond this glorious truth. We can only grow deeper or perhaps drift away from Christ and his love. Where are you? Is your faith in Christ that he died for your sins? And you say, this is the reason, the only reason that I stand as one who's redeemed. That I'm saved. This is the hope that I have to offer. That God has provided redemption, the forgiveness of sins in Christ. And the only way to be redeemed 
is to trust in Jesus, the perfect lamb who was slain.